Hi, and welcome to Driving Discussions. In this series, we've been discussing the forces that affect road fuels globally. In today's episode, we're going to take a closer look at the second wave of COVID-19 that's currently sweeping across Europe and what the implications are for the refined products market. My name is Elia Radley, and I'm the editor of the European Products Report here at Argus Media. And joining me today is Harry Riley Gould, who is senior reporter on the products desk. Thanks for joining me today, Harry. Hi, Elliot. So to kick things off, I thought it might be good just to give a uh, broad sense of how the oil products market fared during the first wave of COVID and the position we find ourselves in now ahead of the second wave and where some of those differences lie. Well, broadly speaking, the impact of the first wave, as you might expect, was extremely negative for oil products margins to crude and particularly for premium transport fuels. Uh, which largely saw the heaviest cuts to demand because of widespread travel restrictions. So jet demand in particular was heavily affected, given that passenger air traffic effectively came to a standstill. And subsequently, in early May, jet margins fell to around a $6 per barrel discount to North Sea dated, which, considering that it only hit its first discount to dated crude in May, uh, was rather severe. And for comparison, in May 2019, jet margins averaged a little over $13 per barrel. So you can see that that's an extremely large spread. Um, Gas oil margins actually saw a brief period of strength at the beginning of the first COVID wave uh, because buyers were looking to fill storage tanks and heating oil in particular, while industrial activity remained pretty robust. But the slowdown in demand affecting transport fuels caught up with diesel fairly soon after. And margins have averaged around $5.50 a barrel since May. And they even hit a 21-year low of just over $2 per barrel in late September. So part of the challenge for the middle distillate markets is the fact that jet demand has been so low and margins for the aviation fuel even worse that many refiners have been blending as much jet as possible into the diesel pool, which has then meant that diesel inventory levels have remained very high, even as fuel demand has begun to get back to year-ago levels over the summer. Thanks, Harry. We've certainly heard reports of people looking to blend away their jet volumes wherever possible. How about towards the lighter end of the barrel? How have products there been faring? Well, gasoline has also been in for a particularly rough ride, uh, with demand in some regions falling by as much as 90% during the first wave. Comparatively to diesel, demand for gasoline was hit much harder because gasoline is overwhelmingly used in the passenger fleet whereas diesel was supported by sustained demand from the trucking and agricultural sectors, which were less affected by the lockdown measures. However, margins for gasoline still fell to record lows of more than five per barrel discounts to crude before staging was something of a recovery in the late summer, with margins to date even pricing above year-ago levels around the beginning of October, although the outlook has clouded somewhat since then. At the very top end of the barrel, naphtha margins have actually proved fairly resilient, even during the height of the first COVID wave. Okay, so a bit of a mix at the top end of the barrel then. Um, Interesting that we've seen naphtha diverge from the other refined products, as you say. Um, What's what's sort of the main reason behind naphtha's relative buoyancy compared to um, other products in the barrel? Well, naphtha differs from other products that we've spoken about in the fact that it has demand stemming from outside the transport fuels market. So it's also used for blending into gasoline, um, but it also has an important demand coming from the petrochemical sector. And demand from that industry has been pretty robust because of solid demand for packaging, plastics, uh, PPE, for example. Also, the successful handling of COVID in the East and quicker recovery in markets there meant that naphtha demand from Asia, which is typically a major importer of European naphtha, was fairly strong. 
And furthermore, as refiners in Europe have slowed runs in response to poor road fuel production margins, production of naphtha on the continent has, of course, diminished, which has helped to tighten supply. Funnily enough, we've seen a similar dynamic at play in the fuel oil market, where margins have actually been relatively strong, particularly for HSFO, high sulfur fuel oil, as a result of refinery runs being pared back so steeply, as well as sustained export interest to the US Gulf in particular, which has propped up prices. But it's worth remembering that fuel oil and naphtha margins have still been, by and large, below margins for transport fuels. And if you're a European refiner, you make the bulk of your revenue from selling diesel and gasoline, then the relatively firm naphtha and fuel oil margins are unlikely to offset the impact of weak transport fuels markets. Okay, interesting. Thanks, Harry. So um, bringing us back to the present a little more, what is the current state of COVID restrictions in Europe? Um, how is that developing? And how do you see the impact on road fuels and margins uh, going into the winter months? So on the COVID front in Europe, we're seeing numerous countries, including the UK, France, Spain, Italy and Germany, um, have all reported fresh record high numbers of new infections in recent weeks. So far, the response has been more varied um, and in most places more relaxed than over the first wave, while some countries like Ireland uh, and more recently France and Germany have effectively reintroduced full lockdown. Other countries such as the UK are taking a more diverse route involving regional responses to correspond with the severity of the outbreak in any given area. However, it seems that should these less restrictive responses fail, then a new series of total lockdowns is certainly on the table, um, although they will likely be shorter in duration than what we saw in the spring. Okay, right. So numbers clearly ramping up across Europe, but some hesitance from governments to replicate the scale of the lockdowns we first witnessed um, earlier in the year, given the negative effects that were um, clear on the economy. Um, so it sounds as if the fall in demand during the second wave could be a little bit more muted, perhaps. Though, of course, this time we're headed into winter, which is traditionally a softer season for demand for several refined products. Have we seen uh, margins coming off heavily yet in the same way we saw during the first wave? Well, so far, the picture is somewhat mixed. So on the one hand, we've already seen a broad slowdown in products demand, particularly for road fuels, although perhaps not quite as heavy as the first wave yet. Uh, to a certain extent, that's a factor of the fact that as product margins broadly weren't as high as they were at the beginning of the first wave, they had less to fall. But there was uh, some recovery over the summer. So as I mentioned before, gasoline margins had effectively recovered by the beginning of October and even reached uh, just over $8 a barrel, which was the highest since November 2019. But then since then, the spreading of the pandemic has taken the wind out of the sails of this recovery, really. And, and crack spreads subsequently fell back to under $4 per barrel at the beginning of last week for gasoline. Although this is still, of course, a premium compared to the discounts accrued uh, witnessed earlier in the year. Notably, though, the, the slump in gasoline margins also pulled down naphtha margins last week from the level seen at the beginning of the month, as naphtha is a commonly used blend stock for gasoline. But on the other hand, naphtha remains at a premium to crude, which is relatively high compared to historical levels. Again, that's likely due mostly to the demand from the petrochemical sector. OK, thanks, Harry. I suppose also the, the collapse in crude prices that we've seen over the last couple of days is going some way to support product margins at the moment. Right, yeah. So we've actually seen margins recover some of these losses in recent sessions, even as major buyers such as France and Germany have announced fresh lockdown measures. And that's largely because of the falling price of crude. We saw something similar at the beginning of the first wave when margins, particularly for middle distillates, were briefly boosted by the sharp drop in the crude price. And uh, similarly, again, this week, jet margins actually reached a multi-month high 
albeit one of just below $3 per barrel, which remains exceptionally low by historical standards. But clearly the crude drop is supporting at least middle distillate margins, while the prospect of refiners cutting back on utilisation rates in response to these lower road fuels demands is also supportive uh, for the jet markets, as is a reduction in low, low ditch from east of Suez. And the dynamic on diesel was similar to gasoline. Broadly speaking, we saw cracks fall back below $5 per barrel with the onset of new restrictions, but subsequently have rallied in the last few days because of the falling crude price. However, I think that the important thing to remember is that we saw a very similar dynamic at play at the beginning of the first wave, but the positive impact on margins was very short-lived and the products market for transport fuels subsequently slumped. So it's very likely that there's further to fall, particularly when you look at the fundamentals. Broadly speaking, restrictions in movement looks set to continue to trend upwards of anything, so demand is therefore likely to worsen. And on the supply side, once the current tranche of seasonal maintenance wraps up at European refineries, then there will likely be an associated rise in output, which will further add to supply. So um, not really the rosiest outlook for the winter months. How has the refining industry, you're mentioning their seasonal maintenance, um, how has the refining industry reacted to these issues of, of, of demand collapse so far and, and what's sort of the prognosis there? Well, to be blunt, for many refiners, particularly in Europe where demand was already in structural decline and where many refineries are relatively old, the outlook is extremely negative. So in fact, the International Energy Agency recently said in a report, quote, it is hard to overstate how bleak the outlook is for refiners in many regions. So that's, as you can tell, fairly strong language. The, uh, the IEA is expecting around 2.5 million barrels per day of forced closures to refining capacity by 2025. And most of that is going to be concentrated in the OECD, like Europe. The situation, to some extent, is being exacerbated by the fact that transport fuels margins have been weak, while margins for more flexible distillate cuts, such as fuel oil and naphtha, have been relatively strong. And this has particularly disadvantaged many refineries, which in recent years have made costly investments to upgrade lower value products into premium transport fuels and have now seen that premium basically erode. So in the last few days, we've seen refiners such as BP, Equinor and Eni all post losses for the third quarter. Um, while others like Repsol, Total and Gauk have all published negative refining margins, although some like Total actually made a, a small profit in the third quarter. But it's clear that this has been and is going to continue to be very painful, and the outlook is only set to become more difficult in the next few months. So as a result, we've already begun to see major firms announcing plans to either mothball plants, that's in the case of Gumball's Europort refinery, or in other cases, convert some refining capacity over to biofuels production. Uh, with Total, Nesti and Prem all having taken the latter decision for some of their uh, refineries. Uh, we're also expecting many refiners to continue to idle units in the immediate term, as well as extending maintenance work, which is similar to what we saw in the spring. At the moment already, because of the maintenance season, there's around 700,000 barrels per day of crew processing offline uh, for economic reasons, and we're seeing a further 1.3 million barrels per day of capacity offline for maintenance work. So the central issue really is that the COVID crisis has accelerated a structural shift away from oil products demand in Europe. And the major question in the medium term is going to be how much of this capacity is able to return to operation profitably and how much will simply be closed for good. Of course, all of this hinges on what we see over the winter in relation to lockdowns, fuel demand and production margins, and really how long individual refineries can withstand the pain. Thanks, Harry. Well, we'll of course all be keeping a very close eye on that. Well, look, thanks for your time today and uh, a big thank you to those of you listening. Let's uh, hope that the winter months are kinder than many are predicting. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to tune in to the other episodes in our series, Driving Discussions. 
For more information about the European refined products market, please visit www.argusmedia.com forward slash oil dash products.